0: And super hard On a makeup tutorial show She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there Who really wanted to know When some freaky Deaky science stuff Only understood By nerds Tapped her into Old radio shows That kind you might never have heard Now she should probably Be trying to get out for Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done
1: <laughs> Madison is on the air
2: Around Dodge City and in the Territory on West There's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers
3: What? No spoilers!
2: And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke.
3: How do you handle anyone with the smell of gun smoke? Does he have really sensitive olfactory organs?
2: Gun smoke. The story of the violence that moved west with young America, and
1: the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. You know, Madison, a morning like this makes a man glad to be alive.
3: This entire town smells like manure.
1: A little nippy, maybe, but just fine. Indian summer's hanging on.
3: Aw, jeez, this is a 1950s western. PC is not going to be on the menu, is it?
1: You know, Madison, this time of year I wouldn't trade western Kansas for everything east of the Mississippi.
3: Wait, this is Kansas? Why the hell did Dorothy want to get back here so bad?
1: Ah, good. Pedro's got a fire going.
3: Pedro? Oh, God, please don't tell me you've got some Latino house for you. Sounds like Speedy Gonzalez.
4: I made the fire. Oh, good
1: morning, Caleb.
4: I've been waiting for you to come in. You know
1: Caleb Andrews, don't you, Madison?
3: I don't know. You on Insta?
4: Marshal, I have an order here from the U.S. District Court. I believe it's your job to serve such orders.
1: Yeah, it is. I don't get them often, though. Hmm... Order of foreclosure and eviction on... Ed Blake. Why are you doing this to Ed, Caleb?
4: The man borrowed money from me. Gave me a mortgage on his farm and household effects, fix. He, he can't pay it. Ooh, harsh.
1: It only came due three days ago. You sure didn't waste any time.
3: Three days?! <laughs> My student loans haven't been paid in like six years.
4: I'm not interested in either of your opinions.
3: Are you interested in personal hygiene? Can I interest you in a toothbrush or perhaps some underarm deodorant?
4: I don't need no lip from... Were you
3: about to say woman? Because I'm wearing a gun and I have no idea how to use it.
1: Calm down, Madison. All right, Caleb. Says here, amount of the mortgage, $420. What do you need with $420? You own half of Ford County now.
3: Whoa, 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 wait. Time out. His entire mortgage is $420. My monthly rent is three times that. Oh, but this is Kansas. Mm, Yeah, that
4: makes sense. Marshall, it's not your place. You know as
1: well as I do why Ed Blake can't pay this off. His horse rolled on him last spring and broke his leg.
3: Oh, God. Horses can roll? You're not getting me on a horse. No way. Western or not, I don't care.
1: Then his wife and kid nearly broke their backs trying to get a crop out.
3: I will never understand why anybody wants to be a farmer. I didn't
1: come
4: here to listen to you.
1: If you let this ride on through the winter, you'll get your money out of it. But if you go ahead and foreclose now, you'll wipe them out.
4: Marshall, I already have foreclosed. Ah, dick move!
1: You'd break a man for $420 you don't even need, huh?
3: I think I'm witnessing the birth of corporate banks.
4: As I said, your opinions don't interest me. All I expect from you is to serve these papers.
1: All right, I'll serve
3: them. Is that really our job here? I was expecting more... shootouts with bank robbers and less... paperwork.
4: You'll notice they're to be served today?
1: I said I'd serve them. Now get out. This office belongs to the United States government. And as far as I know, that's one thing you've got no mortgage on.
3: I'm pretty sure in my day, rich guys
4: do own the U.S. government. You may find I have some influence in Washington, Marshal Dillon.
1: Then see if you can get me a decent salary for this rotten job of mine.
3: Eee, somebody's cranky now.
1: All right, Madison, let's saddle up.
3: Saddle up? As in getting on a horse? Down?
1: You were the one who didn't want to ride a horse.
3: Well, I assumed you wouldn't either, and we'd both walk.
1: Why should I get sore feet if I don't have to?
3: Oh, God. These Prada heels were not meant for the outback. Outback? Deserty, prairie, whatever. Somebody needs to invent asphalt and plow over these... Ow! Cactuses! Cacti. You want to give me a vocabulary lesson? Because I have some choice words I could use right about now. Hey, Marshall.
1: Hiya, Jimmy. Whoa, boy.
3: (laughs) Ew, uh, your horse snorted snot on me. Looky here what
5: I got, Marshall.
1: Well, looks to me like a mighty dead coyote.
5: Oh, that's disgusting. He's been killing my chickens, so last night I hid out behind the barn.
1: Yeah?
3: I got him with one shot, Mr. Dillon. Oh, goody, a little serial killer in the making. Matt Dillon, how are you?
1: Oh, uh, good morning, Gertie.
3: Who's this? Madison. Standish. Howdy, or... Eh,
5: whatever. You don't look so good, honey.
3: Excuse me while I... I'm just gonna sit here on this rock, okay?
5: Well, it's good to have some visitors. Why don't you two come on in?
1: Well, thank you, but,
3: uh...
5: Jimmy, now that you showed the marshal your thing, take it away somewhere. It sure is a big one, ain't it, Mr. Dillon?
1: Yeah, about the biggest I ever saw, Jimmy.
3: I hope you're still talking about the dead coyote. Come on, let's go inside.
1: Well, uh, we really can't stay,
5: Gertie. Oh, nonsense. You don't get out here but once in a coon's age. She means raccoon!
3: Oh, God, are we gonna get emails on this episode? Ed's not here, so I welcome the company.
1: Well, we just can't, that's all. The thing is that, uh, uh, you say Ed's away.
5: Yes, he... he's in town. Matt, you're not yourself. What is it?
1: Why? Well, I, I... suppose I ought to talk to Ed about this, but maybe it'll be better if he hears it from you.
3: He hears what? Well... Just pull the Band-Aid off, Matt.
1: So here's the thing, Miss Blake, uh, Gertie.
3: Some tough old West lawman you are. You can't even tell her that Caleb Andrews is foreclosing and evicting them.
5: Oh, no. We were so sure he'd extend it. He knows what happened and why we couldn't pay it. We were sure he'd extend it.
3: Yeah, well, he's a dick.
5: Matt, uh, how long before we have to get
3: out?
1: Five days.
5: So soon? You were right, Matt. better that Ed hears it from me. Coming on top of everything else, it'll... Well, I can't let it break him.
1: Gertie, if there's anything I can do, you you let me know, huh? I'm sorry.
5: Thank you, Matt.
1: Come on, Madison. Let's
3: head back. Ah, uh, no more walking. My kingdom for a Honda Civic.
0: Matt, you've looked
5: low all week.
1: Oh... It's just things in general, Kitty. Sometimes you get to wondering if it's all worth it or not.
5: The Blakes, huh? Madison was telling me. She also was telling me about something called Netflix and Chill. Said you and I should try it.
1: Ah, Madison talks too much.
5: It's not your fault, Matt. Somebody had to serve the order.
1: Somebody has to be hangman, too.
5: Hey, guys. Hey, Madison. Life's never all good, Matt. There's always a little bad in it. Try making a living sometime as a dance hall girl. Dance hall girl? Oh, is that cause in the 50s on radio you
3: couldn't say whore? Excuse me? Like how when I love Lucy, they couldn't say pregnant. Are you calling me a pregnant whore? Wow, that conversation went south fast.
4: There you are, Marshall. Stop by the jail.
5: You better apologize unless you want me to show you what a dance hall girl can do to that pretty little face of yours. I hope
3: you're not gonna give me makeup tips because I can tell by your old cracked skin that you never
4: moisturize. That Blake family, Marshal? They were supposed to vacate today.
5: Not now, Caleb. Moisturize? I'll show you moisturize.
3: Saloon fight!
5: Now this is a
3: Western! Well, they haven't done it!
1: Who hasn't done what?
3: The Blakes! They haven't made the slightest
4: preparation to.
3: I went to three summers of cheerleader camp. You gotta do better than that! Gah!
4: Marshall, I believe I prefer to discuss our business elsewhere than in the presence of this. Uh,
1: this. Catfight? This is the most fun I've had all week.
4: Watching two pathetic pieces of used up baggage. What did you
3: call me?
1: Caleb, you're going to apologize to Miss Kitty and Madison right now.
4: Apologize? If you think I'm going to apologize to this cheap harlot and your saloon girl...
5: Wait, I'm the harlot? You do wear a lot of makeup.
1: That's it, Caleb. I've had enough.
5: Matt, you shouldn't have done that.
1: Why not, Kitty? He had it coming to him.
3: You knocked him unconscious! That is so badass.
5: Up high. You don't know what that means. He'll do everything he can to hurt you now. He'll take it out on the Blakes, too.
1: Yeah, maybe. Look, Kitty, I, I just got an idea. Uh, I'll see you later.
5: All
3: right, Matt.
1: Come on, Madison.
3: Good fight, Kitty. And you did it in a corset. I'm thoroughly impressed. Later!
2: But, Matt, the mere fact a man runs a bank doesn't always mean he's got a free hand in everything he does. A bank has stockholders, a board of directors, and I've got to listen to them.
1: I think they'd approve the loan, Clem.
2: Caleb Andrews is the biggest account I've got. Why, if I crossed him by taking this loan, you suggest? Matt, he'd break me. All right, Clem, forget it.
3: It is so cute that you thought a bank would help people.
2: Matt, I... I realize I'm under obligation to you. You saved my life that time the James brothers held me up. Saved the bank, too, in fact.
3: A bank robbery with the James brothers? Like, Jesse James? Why aren't we doing that story instead of this Old West version of the 2008 mortgage crisis?
1: If you want shootouts with bad guys, why don't you go over to the Lone Ranger?
3: With Tonto, his Indian companion? Ugh... That show's a woke culture nightmare.
1: I know I owe you, Matt. That was part of my job, Clem. There's no obligation. I was just asking you as a friend to help out another friend. It's not that I don't want to. I understand, Clem. I I really do.
3: Hey, Clem. If you totally want to make it up to Matt, what can you do about my student loans?
1: Madison.
3: We'll talk later.
1: And then you'll use the match to light the wood
3: I'm not gonna lie I cried for a week when we went from an electric to gas stove But this, this is caveman stuff
1: It's a rough existence out here on the frontier
3: You're telling me Your bathrooms are a hole in the ground with a garden shed over it Still better than the porta-potties at Coachella
1: Well, the fire ought to hold a while. Pretty cold out there.
3: A wood-burning stove in a wooden building with wooden floors and no fire extinguishers. OSHA is going to be all over you.
1: I guess we better have Pedro lay in some more wood.
3: Please not, Pedro. We've gotten this far without any horrific stereotypes.
1: Come in.
5: Can we bother you, Matt?
1: Ed! (laughs) Well, come in. Uh, Come in. Gertie! Well, hiya, Jimmy. Uh, well, uh, come on up to the, uh, stove, folks. Come on. Kind of like to impose on you for tonight. I've got any place to go, no money. Wonder if we can sleep in the jail tonight. Aw, oh, sure, Ed. Uh, Madison, will you get a fire going back there?
3: Probably not successfully, no.
5: Jimmy, you go along and help Miss Madison now. Go on.
3: <laughs> All right, Ma. Aw, oh, man, I'm not good with kids. Uh... Don't cry. Uh, hey, Jimmy, kill any helpless animals lately?
5: He, um, he doesn't understand all this, Matt. He... he...
1: Uh, Gertie, we may as well get your stuff out of the wagon. Well, there ain't any wagon, Matt, when you walked into town. Six miles? With that leg? I know, but that wagon, the horses, all the household goods, they're all covered by that mortgage. We didn't take anything except the clothes on our backs. (sighs) So help me, Ed. If
5: I could... Ed and I can accept it. We're not bitter any longer. Jimmy can't understand. He's, He's been carrying on pretty bad. But he's just a boy, and in time,
3: he'll be able to... Okay, good news or bad news first? What? Good news, I got the fire started. Yay me.
1: What's the bad news?
3: Uh, bad news. Uh, Jimmy... May have grabbed a rifle from the rack and ran out the back door.
5: What? Where on earth is he going?
1: I think I know where he's going. And heaven help Caleb Andrews if we don't catch him.
3: This is why it's so important to have gun safety around children. Jeez, <laughs> you guys sure do have a coyote problem out here, don't you? That's
1: Caleb's house on the corner. Looks dark. He may not be home. At least I hope he isn't.
3: I was really expecting more shootouts with outlaws, not some ten-year-old kid.
1: We're not having a shootout with a ten-year-old kid.
3: Good, because this is seriously bordering on police deadly force territory. Shh! I streamed all of the protests. I'm too woke to be a part of this. Quiet.
1: There's somebody back of that tree, up there on the left. Is it him? Yeah, it's him, all right. I can see the moonlight on the rifle barrel. Jimmy, it's me, Matt Dillon.
5: Go away, Mr. Dillon. Better go away. Don't bother me.
1: I can't do that, Jimmy. You're a friend of mine, and I figure you're waiting here to do something that you'd be sorry for. And I can't let you do that.
5: Nothing you can do about it, Mr. Dillon. I got a gun here. I'm gonna kill him. You go away now. Leave me alone. Keep talking to him. And say
3: what? Hey, little psychopath, please don't kill anybody.
1: Just keep him talking.
3: Fine. Jimmy? It's Madison. Miss Madison? Yeah. Hey. Um, I know how you feel. Uh. Caleb is a total douche nozzle.
5: He took our farm.
3: Yeah, and that sucks. But you can't just kill anybody you want to, even if he totally deserves it. Trust me, after my last boyfriend drained my bank account, I looked into it.
5: I kept waking up nights and hearing Mom crying. Dad sits up all night without the lamp lit, not saying anything, just sitting. I've been there. When my boyfriend dumped me,
3: I tried to drown my sorrows in pumpkin spice lattes. All it did was get me totally wired on caffeine and sugar. So I tracked down his car at his new girlfriend's apartment, slit the tires, and scratched Kevin's a whore on the hood. And as I watched the tow truck I called, haul it away, I realized that, um, uh... What did you realize? I realized revenge feels good, so probably not the most appropriate story to share right now.
1: Easy now, Jimmy.
5: Why did he do this to us, Mr. Dillon?
1: I don't know, Jimmy. Jimmy, but I think it's best we take that rifle back to the jail and put it in the rack and go to bed.
5: Don't you? Yeah, Mr. Dillon. I'm sorry. And Miss Madison? Yeah, Jimmy? That Kevin is a whore.
3: Aw, for the mouth of babes.
5: I could have told you Clem at the bank wouldn't do anything, Matt. He wouldn't dare. He's scared of Caleb.
1: Yeah, that's about what he said. I don't know, Kitty. I've done everything I could possibly think of.
5: Hey, guys! Not you again. I apologize for the pregnant whore thing. No, you
3: didn't. Didn't you get my text? Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> the
1: worst of it is, everybody in town's just as scared of Caleb as Clem is. I doubt if they'll even have the nerve to bid against him at the sale.
3: Ugh, are we still talking about the mortgage thing? No bank robbers or train robbers or... What about a stagecoach? Can't we stop a stagecoach robbery or something?
1: Caleb will probably get the place at not much more than the amount of the mortgage.
5: $420. Matt. I've seen more than that change hands across a poker table in one deal.
3: I've spent more than that on a pair of shoes. Well, when my dad thought his credit card had, you know, gone missing.
0: (laughs) I beg your pardon, Miss Kitty.
5: Oh, hey there, Jack.
0: I'm not usually one to eavesdrop on people, but... I've been listening to you folks.
5: Jack, have you met Marshall Dillon?
0: No, I haven't had the pleasure.
5: OMG, Kitty. You've gone to Funky Town with both of them,
3: haven't you?
5: It's hard for a single woman to make her way in the wild frontier.
3: Hey, girl, I'm not judging. Live your best whore life.
0: The reason I butted in, Miss Kitty, is I heard you talking about those people losing their home. I don't know this fellow, Blake. He's never done any business over at my table.
5: No, I don't think he's ever been in here. So safe to say
3: you haven't slept with him?
0: I don't know if this will make sense, but the thing is, I left home when I was ten years old, and I've been drifting ever since. When I see someone like this Blake that sticks it out and works and fights and then gets a raw deal, well, what I'm getting at, here's fifty dollars, if that'll help him any.
3: Is that how much he paid you?
0: No. More?
3: No. Less? Girl,
5: value yourself.
1: Well, this is awful decent of you, Jack.
5: Matt, you said yourself that nearly everyone in town is afraid of Caleb. Yeah? Well, there's some who aren't. Like Jack here, and me, and the rest of the dealers, and the gamblers, and the bartenders. So, basically, all of your clients. Because we're drifters. We got nothing to lose. Matt, I'll raise $420 right here on the Texas Trail. I'll take you for a spin for 50 By collecting donations.
1: You know, Kitty, I think you could.
5: Well, I can't do as well as Jack, but here's 20 from me. Boys, everybody, now listen to me for a minute. I got something to say. Aw,
3: Hollywood loves a whore with a heart of gold. <laughs> ¶¶ You're taking forever getting here.
1: You tired?
3: The only thing you have to do around here is play checkers. Since I'm not eight, yeah, I'm tired and bored and want to go to bed.
1: We left him a message. That ought to bring him on the run, if anything will. Anytime Caleb figures he's about to lose a dollar or two, it's hitting him where it hurts.
3: I liked it better when you actually did
4: hit him where it hurts. Marshall, what's this all about? Shut the door,
1: Caleb. We're trying to keep it warm in here.
4: Would you mind telling me why I've been called over here at this time of night?
1: Yeah, sure. Here's $420. The Blakes want to pay off the mortgage.
4: They do, do they?
1: The court costs up to now probably run about $10. Madison and I will pay that ourselves.
3: Can you cover it now and I pay you back through Venmo?
4: That's mighty generous of you. Is it a deal then? I am not the least bit interested in having that mortgage paid off, Marshal Dillon. The Blake Farm is worth about $2,000 now, and in five years, it'll be worth three times that much. Land's going up in Ford County. That's why I'm grabbing every piece I can get. So I don't want the money. I want the farm. And when it's put up for sale, I'll get it at my own price. The foreclosure still goes. I
1: see.
3: Douche nozzle!
4: Good night, Marshal. Madison.
3: That went about as well as the time I tried to get Kyle Thompson's attention in gym class by twerking, and just as he looked, someone smacked my butt with a volleyball.
1: I don't know why I even thought he'd take the money.
3: The ball bounced up in the air and hit the basketball hoop.
1: The Blakes won't get a cent out of the sale.
3: My ass scored two points.
1: He'll scare everybody off and bid it in a few dollars over the amount of the mortgage, and nobody in town will even try to bid against it. Wait a minute. I got an idea.
3: Great! This is the part where we get a posse together and deputize everyone with rifles and pitchforks and torches and stuff and go confront the bastard, taking him dead or alive, right?
1: I'm going over and wake up Clem Rogers.
3: Clem? The bank dude? No offense, but he looks pretty soft. I'm thinking you'd need to go round up some of those saloon guys.
1: If my idea works, we'll hold a sale at noon
3: tomorrow. A sale? What, like a bake sale so we could save the farm with brownies? I could go for some brownies.
1: We're gonna hold an auction.
3: Ooh, like a bachelor auction, but with hunky cowboys? Count me in. Okay, okay. Alright, everybody, let me have your attention. I need all of the sexy cowboys to come up front.
1: Uh, what Madison means is this is a foreclosure sale of the property and household effects of Edward and Gertrude Blake.
3: But I'm still requesting all of the sexy cowboys come up front.
1: This auction, ordered by the court at the request of that fine-spirited, good-hearted public benefactor and friend and neighbor of us all, Caleb Andrews.
3: Subtle, Matt. Real subtle.
4: Marshal Dillon, I refuse to tolerate that.
1: Caleb, I think we better get one thing straight right now. The law tells me I gotta conduct this sale, but the law doesn't tell me what I gotta say while I'm conducting it.
4: Ooh, snap. Get on with it.
1: Alright, now the first item I'm offering is a breadboard. Ms. Blake tells me she's used this for nearly ten years. I doubt it'd be worth much to anybody. Suppose we start it at 50 cents. Is there anybody here who bids 50 cents for Mrs. Blake's breadboard?
3: Sexy cowboys would definitely go for more than 50 cents.
1: How about you, Caleb?
4: I'm not interested in the item. Get on with the sale.
1: Anybody else? No? All right, then. The second item is a crib. Now you'll notice it's handmade. Ed built it himself 11 years ago, just before Jimmy was born.
4: Marshall Dillon... May I suggest you lump the household effects together and offer them as one bulk item? I'm
1: sorry, Caleb. I'd rather offer them one at a time. <laughs> Unless, of course, you'd care to waive all claim to the household effects and withdraw them from the order of foreclosure.
4: I waive the claim. The household goods are withdrawn. Now get on to the house and land.
1: So ordered.
4: Hey, ooh, I see
3: what you did there, Matt. Nice.
1: Now, the item offered is 160 acres of tillable land, a four-room house, and a barn. The amount of the mortgage is $420, held by Caleb Andrews. All right, the bidding's open. What am I offered?
4: $450. Douche nozzle.
1: I have $450 from Caleb Andrews. Do I hear another bid? Now, the farm's worth $2,000. Are you going to let him have it for $450? How about another bidder?
3: That sounds like my cue. <clears throat> Marshall Dillon, I've been thinking about getting a place of my own and settling down.
1: And?
3: And Oh, oh, and I bid $1,000. Oh!
1: I have $1,000. Do I hear another bid?
4: It's a trick. Unmarried woman can't own property? What in the name of the ERA
3: are you talking about?
4: Yeah,
1: that's true, but
3: That's true? No wonder Miss Kitty has to whore it up.
1: So she can't bid. But Madison is engaged. She's speaking on behalf of her fiance.
3: Fiance? Is this in the rewrites? I didn't get the rewrites.
1: Yes. Your fiance, Clem Rogers.
0: The stringy old bank, dude?
1: A thousand dollars going once. Twelve hundred. Caleb Andrews bids twelve hundred dollars. What do you say, Madison?
3: I say. Any of you sexy cowboys unattached?
1: No more bids? Madison?
3: I have no idea which version of the script you're using.
1: Mr. Andrews has bid $1,200.
3: Congrats to him. At least he's not getting married off to some ratchet old bank creep.
1: Do you have a counter bid, Madison? Say, 1500
3: Yeah, yeah, whatever.
4: What's going on here?
1: The bid is $1,500. Going once, going twice. $1,600. $1,600 for Mr. Andrews. Madison?
3: Bank dudes gotta be like 40. Why do they always cast super old guys with hot young chicks?
1: Madison, how much money are you holding there?
3: Huh? Oh, uh, $8,420.
1: The bid is $8,420.
3: Oh! I bet she's
4: never had that much money in her whole life.
3: Not true. There was that one summer in college when I told my parents I was going to study abroad, but instead took the money and went on a Jamaican cruise.
1: Do I hear another bid? Well, what do you say, Caleb? Do you think I'm a fool? I do. Going once, going twice. Sold to Madison Standish for eight thousand four hundred and twenty dollars. The buyer will come forward and complete the sale.
3: There you go. Eight thousand four hundred and twenty dollars. Second, Caleb.
1: Caleb, I guess four hundred and twenty dollars if this is yours and. That takes care of the mortgage. Well, Ed, looks like you made a pretty fair profit on the place. Yeah, a lot better than I expected. Here's your money. Thank you, Matt. But I tell you, I'd still rather have the farm than the money. You'd still rather have the farm, you say? Madison?
3: My line? Uh, I don't want the farm after all guess I'll just be happy living off of my old bank dude husband's salary. So if you want to buy it, Ed, I'll take a $420 loss and sell it back to you for $8,000.
1: Done. Here's your money.
4: This is unheard of. They can't do that, Marshall.
1: Well, as far as I know, there's no law against someone selling their own property, Caleb. Now the way I see it, Mr. Andrews,
0: you're a trespasser on my property. Come on, let's go.
4: Let go me, Blake. Who do you think you're manhandling?
1: Madison, you better get that $8,000 back to the bank. Clem Rogers is probably worrying himself into a breakdown for fear somebody'd find out that he let us borrow it.
3: I can't believe you cast me opposite Clem. My agent's gonna hear about this.
1: The important part is that we got the farm back to the Blakes.
3: Why couldn't you have made one of those cowboys my fiancé? That one in the blue bandana was totes hot.
1: You mean Pedro?
3: That's Pedro? Damn! Later, lawman. Hey, Pedro! Hold up a sec! Gunsmoke first aired on radio in 1952. While most westerns of its era, both on radio and film, were geared towards kids, Gunsmoke gave the Old West adult themes and characters. Its popularity carried over to a long-running television series which reached into the mid-1970s. Today, Marshall Dillon remains a symbol of all iconic lawkeepers of the American Old West. Before the announcer dude reads the credits, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. And hey, tell me which are your favorite old-time radio shows, and I'll use your suggestions for future episodes. Madison on the Air is listener-supported. For just $3, you can buy me a mocha latte through Kofi.com. That's ko O-F-I.com forward slash M-O-T-A. And for more information about the show and the cast, visit our website at madisonontheair.com.
2: Thanks! Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage, with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Bran Peacock appeared as Marshall Matt Dillon. Additional actors in the cast were... Steve Jun as Caleb, Alexandra Bartley as Kitty, Steppy Kume as Jimmy, Kitten McCleary as Gertie, Pete Navis as Ed, and Jeremy Sage as Jack. I've been your announcer, Tom O'Connor, also appearing in the role of Clem.